Welcome to the Love Yourself Naked podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Glubish, and I've been working with women for over two years to help them ditch the diet mentality, find food freedom, and gain a body confidence that they never knew was possible. There is so much information out there about how to eat, how to exercise, and how to live a healthy lifestyle. My goal on the show is to help answer all your questions and provide you the tools you need to live in peace with food and love your body. So if you are ready to discover what it's like to live a life without obsession, you are in the right place. Now let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, I am joined by the one, the only, Mr. Richard Brown. Welcome Hello. to the show, babe. Hello. Glad to be back. So a couple of weeks ago, we were chatting about how each of us have changed since being together. But in particular, I asked Richard how his relationship with food and his body has changed since living with me. And obviously, you know, my mindset being very much around health at every size, food freedom, intuitive eating. I tried to get him to do a reel so that you guys could all hear it in the moment because he has some really great insight, but he offered to do a podcast episode instead. So here we are. So let's just get into it. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So how has your relationship with food and your body changed since we've been together? Well, I can definitely say that a lot of your values have rubbed off on me. And I think probably the same can be said on your side, which makes me think that we should do a second one where you have to go into <laughs> how you've changed okay. your eating habits because of me. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Which, yeah. Which could be maybe a part two of this episode, but for now, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think we were kind of brainstorming. I have a little bit of time to think about it, but there were really three points that have really changed since we've been together from my view. I think the first one is improved body image. Um, I think I was previously like very hypercritical of how I looked, and I think that's improved and changed a lot. I'm not saying I don't care I've become like a slob or anything, but I just yeah, I'm I'm not that hypercritical person anymore. Um, I care more about being healthy in my performance, and that's really been the focus. And I can really probably attribute that to a couple things. I mean, one being, I think, triathlon in general, because mm -hmm. that is so performance-focused and getting out of that more like bodybuilding gym workout environment has been pretty huge because I think everybody can say, especially when it comes to triathlon, you really don't care what you look like. I've literally peed while biking before. I just like <laughs> whipped my wiener out and peed. And you, I mean, you just do stupid shit like that, that, you know, you, you don't look great. You're, you're a mess, mm -hmm. but you don't really care. You just want to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, and then just being in our relationship has really improved my body image because at least for me, it's really in, in becoming more comfortable with Chelsea and with each other. Part of that involves pushing your own boundaries of what, you know, you're previously insecure about. And as you share more with the other person, you have to, to share those uncomfortable things about yourself. Um, and in just in doing so, you realize that those things you were ashamed of aren't that big of a deal. And your partner loves you no matter what and thinks you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people can relate that a lot of the insecurities they have are just with you. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, if you were to ask your friends, ask your partner, ask your family, if they thought the same thing, they, they wouldn't agree. So I guess that's been a big big shift. I don't know. What, what do you think? Babe? Yeah, that's so true. That's a really good point. And I say that all the time that we, I mean, we are our own biggest critics, but also 
we are the ones who care the most about what we look like. And I guarantee you that on the days that I'm having a bad body image day, if I was to tell you what I'm feeling insecure about, you'd be like, you literally look no different than you did yesterday. And I could think totally different and I could be like, oh, well, look how big my stomach is or my thighs or whatever it was that I was feeling insecure about. And you wouldn't even notice. Slash, I would hope you wouldn't comment. <laughs> You'd be in big trouble if you did. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's common advice that therapists give out. I have even heard Chelsea say a lot where it's kind of like, would you say the same thing to your friend, right? If, right. you know, your friend was having like a body, a bad body image day and they thought they were holding a bit of water or something so like that the one day, like, would you actually notice your friend is holding water? No, you know, you wouldn't. It's, it's so wrapped up in their own head. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's been a big, big change. Definitely improved body image, which has been really nice. Do you think you still have moments of like body checking yourself or thinking about your physique or, you know, how do you think, because if we're being honest, you do still have thin privilege. You mm -hmm. know, you do live in a body that is still very idolized by society. You still have a six pack. So do you think that you would feel that same way if your body changed? Well, I mean, even in a way now, I still have some body. I think almost everybody does have some degree of body. But everybody wants to change a little thing, but that's the importance of just constantly doing work, mm -hmm. like whether it is your body image or your diet, like it's never, uh, okay, I'm at the end of this journey, problem solved, like move on to the next one, forget about it. You're, you're kind of always in it. You just better learn to deal with those issues to the point that it doesn't stress you out anymore. And it's not this overwhelming factor in your life. It becomes a much more minor thing that maybe you have to revisit once in a while, but ultimately isn't that much of a stressor on your life anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I still deal with it a little bit. You know, there's little things occasionally you'd like to change. But yeah, I think you can always just think back. That, again, like, you know, would you tell your friend that, oh, yeah, if you, you know, dropped another half a pound or if, you know, you weren't holding that water, you look like, it, nice. it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. So mm. um, I'm just, I know I'm happy where I'm at now. and But it's also never perfect. And I'm okay with that. You give really good advice. I should hire you. <laughs> okay. So that's the first thing that you feel like has changed since we've been together is your body image has improved. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's the second thing? The second point was really just surrounding less fear around eating all foods in general. Um, and I think this kind of ties into the body image thing because I used to really hyper focus on, I only need to eat these foods and these quantities. And if I didn't, the next morning I would wake up looking flat or I'd be bloated or holding water. I wouldn't have that dry look. So I remember every night the meal I would eat would be literally tailored. So I'd look a certain way in the morning and I'd be very frustrated if for some reason I woke up and I was holding more water or, or, it's, it's, or just I looked a little more bloated mm. and I'd be like ever changing little aspects of my diet to kind of try to find that perfect version of myself, which I'm doing that in quotations, but there is no perfect version. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was ridiculous. It honestly was just to the point where like, I wouldn't eat carbs or I try cutting sodium where I'd add like a little bit of sodium. Or I wouldn't drink water or drink, or maybe just a certain amount of water or I cut out certain vegetables. I always just like 
literally every little aspect mm-hmm. I was trying to change. There was one week where all I ate was eggs, just see what would happen. Right. I remember you telling me that. That's, yeah, how many eggs did you eat? Well, it was like 36 eggs a day. It was a, it was a, a day. Story. Yeah. Three dozen eggs a day. Yeah. I'm not, I, I would say I, I planned to do it for a week. I only lasted two days because I got the shits really bad. I <laughs> but like, no, it's just, I think the whole point is just like these crazy things you'll do to try and look a certain way. At the end of the day, nobody even notices. Nobody really cares. Yeah. Because ultimately these little changes are so minimal that it's more of like a psychological thing in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'll probably like, you know, living with Chelsea, that really changed because I'm not just eating for one anymore. It's, you know, when I come home, we'll have popcorn or snacks and it's both of us eating. So I'm not going to force Chelsea to eat frozen broccoli and ground beef before I go to bed <laughs> just so I can yeah. look less bloated in the morning. Or like, even though that doesn't even like necessarily work, but mm-hmm. you know, so now we really like enjoy the food we have. We just don't worry about exactly how we're gonna look if we're gonna change little things. We're more looking thinking long term mm-hmm. of just being healthy. Would you say then that like you've been able to kind of piece apart the relationship between like what you eat and how you look? Because I think that that's a big connection that a lot of people make is anytime that they're deciding what they're gonna eat, the thought in the back of their mind is, okay, well, how is this gonna impact my physique? How is this gonna impact my weight? How is this gonna impact my body and the way that I look? As opposed to like, how is this going to help me get through the day with the most amount of energy? Or how is this gonna help fuel you know, my workouts? Or how is this gonna help me be healthy? You know, like all of those things. So would you say that that's changed a little bit for you? And you actually make a great point because you, you talked about performance. I think a lot of what I eat now is much more performance focused mm-hmm. from both like a physical and an emotional mental side. So I definitely eat a lot more foods based on trying to perform better. So whether that is like carb, load, carb loading before a race or the breakfast I have in the morning before I work out is, I mean, literally it's cereal, water, and salt and some like berries. It doesn't sound good. It's, I mean, it's not, not great, but it's literally just tailor made to be like a lot of carbs. I want some salt. I want some hydration, Mm -hmm. whatever good to go. So I think a lot of what I eat is more based around that. And then from like the psychological mental point of view, the importance of not restricting yourself because that always ends up backfiring later down the road anyway. So eating, you know, personally for like satisfaction and to feel satiated, just Mm -hmm. way more effective in terms of always going on these up and down craving cycles. I know you had mentioned kind of in our like little pre-chat that we had that your idea of good versus bad foods has changed too. And that's obviously something that I'm super diligent about calling Mm -hmm. on, you know, is saying that everything has its place, nothing is good or bad. Do you feel like you've started to notice when you say those things as well, or like maybe notice when other people say them or just start to see like your perspective on foods shift in terms of what's good and what's bad? Absolutely. Because I think yeah, a lot of this is yourself and then triathlon as well, being such an endurance sport. I always used to fear sugar mm-hmm. where even if I, I picked up a loaf of bread and there was some sugar in it, even though like the added sugar in bread is pretty minimal in the grand scheme of things, I would, I just wouldn't buy it. Mm-hmm. So I literally avoid everything sugar because it's really marked as this, you know, quote unquote, like bad food right. that causes disease and illness. 
but then you know upon starting triathlon and everything i'm consuming like more sugar than i ever have mm. because it is you know for a purpose um but then then it kind of transitions into like all areas of my life for yeah now that i eat you know have a popsicle before bed it's not the end of the world like it, it, it honestly doesn't make any difference no none like it really does it brings more joy yeah. to our day yeah it's so exciting to sit down at the end of the day and have a popsicle together yeah 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 malona pops for the win what's your favorite flavor coconut i think this is not an ad but if you have not tried malona popsicles you must i think my favorite is banana or strawberry Maybe coconut. I also like that purple yam flavor. <laughs> oh no, the purple yam flavor. Yeah. It tastes like cookies and cream. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently it's yam. It's some sort purple of a yam. yam. I don't know. Anyways, okay, your last point. You kind of touched on this a little bit already, but what was the third thing that you said that you feel like has changed about your relationship with food since we've been together? Yeah, so we, we partially mentioned the whole restriction thing of, you know, I'd avoid eating sugar and that before bed, I'd be like very intentional with every little thing I ate. And I, I feel like that would always backfire because I'd almost build up those cravings. And then every Sunday I would go to my parents for a family dinner and my mom would do the whole spread and it'd be like, a you know, she would make homemade cookies and somebody would bring like desserts and it'd be pie or cake. And I would literally just like binge all the food. Like I would eat two or three helpings for dinner and I'd oftentimes have like a whole pie to myself for dessert. And I mean, ultimately like, and that was just like a repeated thing, like literally week after week after week. And a lot of times I even tell myself, okay, let's not go too crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, especially on the dessert thing, let's not go too crazy and eat yeah. like a whole pie, but I, I would. Yeah. Um, and luckily I had the fortune, like I said, like, you know, third privilege, I burned it off and, you know, I'd kind of balance things out. And I think I'd also balance it out partly because I just wouldn't eat very much during the week. Mm -hmm. And it was just this really unhealthy, unhealthy cycle where I would be craving things all week. And I feel crappy because I would never feel satiated. And then it would come to the weekend on Sunday and I eat like crazy. And I'd literally come home and have a stomach ache every single Sunday. I remember that when we first yeah. moved in together, even probably the first like six months that we were living yeah. here, like till the new year for sure. Yeah. Um, I remember you coming home every Sunday and like we would go to bed and you'd be like moaning and groaning. Yeah and hot because you were so full. Yeah. So I mean, like really, so all that accumulated is just, I would just feel not great mm -hmm. all the time. So it, like it clearly didn't work. And really the, the fix for that was enjoying treats all the time. Yeah. And they would almost naturally be in proportion because I wouldn't be having these huge, huge craving spikes. So I had to have one popsicle at the end of the night on a weekday, that's, that's like plenty for me now. Yeah. You know, and then because of that, I'm having that throughout the week where I'm popcorn and little treats here and there. And maybe we'd bring home some bacon for my mom. So I'd have a cookie or, you know, a piece of cake during the week that when it comes to Sunday, I have like a normal amount of, I'd, I'd still have a couple helpings of dinner cause I'd still be hungry cause we trained. Yeah. And I mean, the food is just really good, Yeah. but I have like that. And then just a normal helping of dessert. And that'd be it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and I'm happy with that. I don't feel the need to eat a whole pie anymore. <clears throat> yeah. And that's, that's been pretty great. So I'm just like amongst like all these three points, 
just so much stress around body image and food is gone, mm. you know, and what, what, what's crazy is too, before meeting Chelsea and getting together and before triathlon and everything, I didn't think I had that big of an issue with food and body image. And I think you know, everybody thinks they have like a little bit of something going on, but they don't realize how restricting it is on their life and on their mental state until they shed all those issues. And it's only upon correcting a lot of those problems. And I mean, I'm sure there's still work to do. You realize just how wrong your other way of living was. Yeah. I think we've had a couple conversations. They were a long time ago now because a lot has changed since then. But where I asked you, I pulled out my five whys on you. And I think it had something to do with your body image. I can't recall. But I just remember unpacking with you, like, why do you think that you can't have those things? Or like, why is it that you feel this way about food? Or why do you have to, oh, I think it was when you were trying to modify your your meals that you make every week to figure out, to tweak like what was disrupting your gut. Yeah. And I think I was just asking like, you know, why do you think that that's actually going to benefit you? Or why does it even matter you know trying to get so honed in to make sure that everything is perfectly formulated and for what because it just drives you crazy it's all consuming and i think that you can attest to it now you know being on the other side that life is so much more enjoyable when you don't have restrictions when you're not labeling foods as good or bad when you don't feel bad about eating the foods that you're eating and you can just enjoy them yeah, I mean, that's actually a great point that I totally forgot and we totally missed. But yeah, there, there was a point, again, it's being so hypercritical about what I ate that I didn't want to have gas ever because I thought it was like a negative thing, <laughs> mm -hmm. which it that also doesn't make sense. Like having gas is like a regular bodily function, but it gets just in society, right? Like, I don't know, especially like being a massage therapist, I didn't want to have gas all day, which is kind of understandable, but having gas is also just a regular thing. So yeah, I, mean, I used to, you know, follow those like FODMAP diets, anything that has like a known gas causer, I would avoid completely. I would like mix vegetables and I would, yeah, literally tweak, you know, yeah, switching out zucchini for carrots in a week. But yeah. I, and I would eat literally the exact same thing all week, except just to see like the difference it would make. Yeah. And it was, it was ridiculous. And I swear to God, I fart less now eating everything than <laughs> I did eating very restricted diets. You want to know why that is, babe? I was in just probably have a healthy gut floor or something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. why do you think that is? Because I eat everything. Yes. Hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That is, if you look at the research, that is the best way to have a healthy gut microbiome is to eat a variety of foods frequently. That is literally what the research tells us. So anytime people are like, oh, I have IBS or I have gut health issues or whatever, I always ask like, what's your dieting history? Because... That is one thing that I struggled with for a really long time when I was going through eating disorder recovery. And then obviously after so many years of like kind of diet cycling after that, brutal, brutal gut stuff. And now we just let it rip left, right, and center. I think that'll be something we have to talk about on the next podcast. Because I know you mentioned the one thing that changed with your diet is you introduced a lot of foods that I was eating into your diet that you previously kind of avoided I yeah. remember, like even gluten you spinning because again you used to think it, you, I don't know 
for a long time it just didn't agree with you yeah and also i think like their reintroduction of it has made it way more tolerable totally for you and, totally and not an issue yeah so, and, but we'll get into that yeah we'll do a part two okay let's wrap up with i'm hitting you on the fly with this babe so okay. sorry about this um let's wrap up with some tips thinking about your three points can you maybe think of like one or two tips that you could offer people if they are struggling with their relationship with food or their body based on what you have learned from living with me i think my biggest tip would be to not do it alone actually agreed and i actually i don't think it's even possible to do it alone just like i think having that extra person forces you to try things you wouldn't and like whether it comes to body image the having that second person helps a lot you almost help each other I think you help each other try a lot of different new foods because I think everybody gets stuck into their rut mm. of they only do this, only eat this. But having that extra person really like forces you outside your comfort zone. And I think that's what you need to do yeah. is like get uncomfortable yeah. with this. Yeah. Like get uncomfortable in your life around food. I mean, it will only be temporary because after a while that will become normalized. Yeah. And you'll be able to look back and, and see how ridiculous it was. But I think having another person help you along or join you in that journey whether it is a partner a friend or i mean like a, a coach i suppose too right just somebody to help you is, is i think like pretty crucial yeah accountability buddy i agree i i can't see myself if i wasn't with chelsea and i was still on my own doing my own thing i don't think anything would have changed like i don't think this transition would have happened on it so i think it's only be, in being with chelsea that it really made that shift and it has been a big one yeah I love that. I think that's so important too. And honestly, like we'll get into this more in our part two, but having you around has been super eye-opening for me as well. Any other tips? Just eat the damn food. <laughs> just, yeah, eat the damn know. food. I you just gotta jump with these things, right? Just like yeah. trust fall into the process. Just go with it. I don't know. I also think though, and I talked about this in the previous episode, which you probably haven't listened to yet, have you? No, I haven't. You're behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um that it's not helpful to go all in. And I think that for you, it's been successful because you didn't even really know what was happening. You know, like you weren't thinking, okay, I totally have to transition my mindset. And like you said, there's still work to do. It's a journey. There's always going to be work to do. Even for me, I'm still on the journey. You know, I'm not removed from all things diet culture. However, I think that if we have the diet culture mindset of being all in or all out, you're setting yourself up for failure because then it feels really overwhelming and really scary when you're going from trying to be so perfect and intentional and diety and restrictive about your food choices to saying, fuck it and throwing caution to the wind. You know, that is really scary. And that's a trust fall where you're probably not going to get caught. You actually make a really good point because although I've, noticed a lot of changes within myself my diet hasn't been like completely overhauled no at the end of the day i think what i have for breakfast is relatively the same i like my eggs toast turkey bacon with tomato I used to have that before yeah i still eat literally the maybe it's a different lunch than i used to but i meal prep and i have the same two lunches pretty well every day of the week you know it's it's rice chicken and vegetables and i still eat that every day of the week but it's just it's those little extra add-ons that make all the difference so you're like great it's not this huge overhaul but the coming home 
and having a big bowl of popcorn and yeah we're having a popsicle afterwards and you know enjoying those cookies throughout the week and you know what yeah let's let's buy that bag of chips because i just crave ketchup chips or some random flavor or we want some random food we saw at the grocery store we're going out and something just looks great so yeah let's get that beaver tail we haven't actually bought a beaver tail. <laughs> I don't know why I think about that. Uh, anyway just yeah no, it's just it's those little things they add up and make all the difference but yeah mm -hmm. looking back on how my diet has changed it's it hasn't been like drastically different it's not this like huge overhaul we have to just throw everything used to do yeah it's just like, all those little things surprisingly add up to make this huge difference yeah i love that all right well i think that's all we have for you guys we will hit you with a part two, but you're going to have to give us some love on this episode if you want to hear how my life has changed and my relationship with food has changed since living with Richard Brown. So make sure that if you guys enjoy this episode, you share it, tag me. I won't say tag Richard because I'm not going to put his profile out there for everyone to see, or maybe I will. Either way, let us know that you guys listened. Let us know what you think, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. We <laughs> should get some beaver tail sometime. <laughs>Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys got value from the show, I would love for you to rate and share it. And if you have any questions about the conversation today, you can always find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chelsea Glubish. Catch you on the next one.